keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to a Wrestle Roast. I'm your host, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Robert Karpolis. I'm here with our favorite part-timer and new-timer father, Mike Lawrence. And we're waiting on Scott Chaplin. So- Scott just texted that he's peeing, so he'll be here in a moment. So clearly there's a women's match going on somewhere, and his bladder knew what to do. <laughs> Mike, first off, nine twenty-five somewhere. Mike, congrats, uh, congrats on the baby, and h- how are you guys doing? Good. Yeah, I just wanted to to, to call, uh, jump in quickly to give a little update and a thank you to everybody. Uh, it's been good. Um, it's uh, exhausting. We 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 watch full gear together. Um. So his first words were bad booking, <laughs> and uh, full gear was actually pretty good. But... Oh, stop! Uh, it was pretty good. Um, it it was it was pretty good, and unless you thought that the MJF stuff would get more exciting, um, and uh, and we watched the I watched the Survivor Series main event with him. That was fun. Um, do you think there was anything on the full gear show that was as good? As the Survivor Series made him in. No. And the reason being is stakes. I didn't think anything felt important. And that match. Uh, the, the War Games match. Uh, at the end felt. Important. And you know I'm a storytelling guy. And it was all about the story. And and, and I liked it. But I also wanted to, to say. On, on the pod. Um, I wanted to give a, a big shout out. And a thank you to Robert who got me the best present um robert got me a cameo from jesse ventura how was this cameo uh he sent it to me yesterday congratulating me on fatherhood and uh it was it was pretty amazing but how do we know your baby is even real mike Um, that's pretty awesome. I know what put that tower of blocks down. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was really amazing. He's getting robot for a moment. Mike, Mike, you're, 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 <laughs> and just be uh, like you hopefully your your son doesn't sabotage the wrestling union <laughs> you do a good jesse man uh yeah it's just you know what it is it's just like trying to talk w- w- with a ton of stuff in your mouth 
That's really. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he gave me advice on fatherhood, which was great. He's like, I told you, you make sure that you sue Chris Kyle's family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be fair, if you actually look at the details on this, he was he was completely right. Oh yeah, he won. He won, and and like that guy was kind of you know, uh, that guy was a little bit more dubious than the film would make make it out to be. But Scott Chaplin, Sergeant Slaughterhouse, just joined us. Me and Scott saw each other at a show at Jersey City on Thursday night. Good to see Scott. Scott, that may have been the first time I've seen you since COVID. I don't know. We, we've probably seen each other since then. But Weren't you guys at AEW this year? Oh, that's yeah. right. And lost. <laughs> well, Dan was half there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm starting to lose my mind. Uh, yeah, Dan's, Dan's mind was one of the many people that left during Hobbs and Starks. <laughs> All right, well, His body get... was there. Oh, and can we confirm? I just want to confirm this for, for those of you. On Raw Monday night, Mike was not Bob. Just because it was a guy with a bushy beard wearing an X-Men hoodie at a wrestling show doesn't automatically mean it was Mike Lawrence in costume, but it looks suspiciously like Mike Lawrence. Oh, brother, I got a picture of a guy. I'm going to send it to the group chat right now. Maybe I'll post it on the Facebook that it's, you know, man arrested for trying to, like, sleep with a kid or something. And it's just Dan in the kitchen. It's just Dan. <laughs> <laughs> just Dan worried in the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, it's it's shocking. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm sending it right now. The title is Pedo Creep Sa Says He's Spoken to Dozens of Young Children Admits to Watching Child Porn. And then it's just Dan. I mean, at this point, whatever's going to get him a Peacock special, he's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize WWE produced. Okay, so for Patreon this week, I, I just did a, um, a review for the Southern Sports of the uh, Brian Gortz's There's Just One Problem, which is a really fun book. But for Patreon this week. Oh, I thought we were reading that. All right. No, no, I told I, I've said it all. Oh, I, I got a fucking homework assignment from you to read the book, and now you, you whatever. Yeah, it's all right, Dan. Relax. All right. Um, anyway, continue your plug. Is we're doing that, that's, uh, that, Robert. That's in addition to the other oh uh, homework assignment of remembering when the show's supposed to be recorded. <laughs> yes. Um, well, this uh, this we're, we are reviewing Teddy Hart's A Dangerous Breed. That's on Peacock. It's a three parter. It's insane. <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, um, it's. I would like to say it's really exploitative, but. Um, Peacock just released the Casey Anthony documentary where she was like, come on, I'm not that bad. Who'd she ever beat? Oh. <laughs> Allegedly. Did ever beat? Did uh, we, so, what, do, what? do we think that um, I, I, I gotta go to a sec, but do we think that the, the Rock took over Dark Side to make it Tales of the Territories before they made an episode about his dad? I think Evan was smart enough to make an episode, screen it for The Rock, and then say, here's how much it's going to cost for this to go away. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is Evan's been drinking a lot of tequila lately. So, Guys, I got I to gotta go, but I just wanted to say yeah, thank you to everybody. And the baby's doing happy and healthy. Uh, not Dan, uh, Logan. Uh, no, not me. <laughs> Because that baby is no, better than Dan's you. Dan's in a kitchen. Uh, Scott sent us a picture of this guy, and yeah, it does look like Dan. It's like I mean, Dan I'm getting yelled at by Eddie Kingston. I'm much more handsome, <laughs> but yes, there's some similarities, unfortunately. 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I know there's a lot more pedophiles that don't look like this. All right. Uh, that was great. Like... Mike dropping in. Where, where <laughs> yeah, Mike just are always it. caught look like me? Why do they always look like me? The ones that are like caught. I don't know. <laughs> uh thank you guys for that silence baby can the you ones that are caught i like how you haven't been caught so you're like if you're not caught you don't look like me I'll tell you that <laughs> eaters, officer. uh got busted for for child pornography and <laughs> uh the the backup quarterback for the gators uh-huh. uh jalen kitna and it sucks uh part i mean obviously he's a fucking monster and whatever <laughs> Rob, robert's gonna talk about how it's gonna affect that's exactly what pissed me off my first I'm thought serious. was he was gonna be our next quarterback and instead of a quarterback he chose a tight end and it's fucked up oh my gosh this <laughs> wait a minute guy. that's linking gay with pedophilia robert that's you're part of the problem why did you assume it was it had to be a boy dan yeah it's wrong of you you're you're genderist <laughs> all right well Either way, we support any pedophile who listens to the show. <laughs> Wait, what? No, that's not who we support. Yes, Jerry Lawler we're, is one of our proud Patreons. Unless you're a patron, we really could use the patron numbers going up. So let's get to the show, buddy. Um, we got to talk Dynamite. We got to talk Survivor Series. I think we should talk Survivor Series first. Survivor Series 2022, a.k.a. War Games, took place this past saturday well first of all you got to say it like the once in future nxt gm william regal war games um that was was more jason statham but it worked it was fine so uh it was a pretty good show uh it was this past saturday it was in boston at the td garden um i guess we'll just go match by match our opening match was team bel-air which is bianca bel-air alexa bliss asuka mia yim and Becky Lynch versus Team Bailey, which was Damage Control, um, Bailey and Dakota Kai, Neo Sky, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. Belair goes over. Uh, Becky Lynch gets the uh, pin, I believe, on either Dakota or EO. I forget which one. But um, it was, you know, like, look, I, I, I had very certain feelings about this match. I mean, I thought that it was put together well but there was just so many fucking botches i mean like eo eo is amazing i thought she was the best wrestler in the world but she just keeps botching shit on the main roster and i don't know if it just needs her to be it needs her to get more comfortable i don't know if it's like english is her second language and they're calling all the spots in english i don't know what it is but it's uh i don't know i guess i'm the only one who has a problem with this but i just thought that it was it was kind of like a sloppy match spot wise you know, the thing about a War Games match, it's never going to be super pretty, but um, it's tough, man. I mean, it's it, it, th- there were some things about the match that I liked. I mean, I obviously thought the Bianca is just a super athlete as far as what she's able to do in the ring. Um, I don't understand why Bailey did the babyface spot of bringing the tables in, because that seems like all anyone wanted from this match was that. But, you know, it was a good match. It wasn't a bad match, and... Uh, I mean, Rhea, my big takeaway from this is Rhea Ripley is on fire right now. I mean, she was just fantastic in this match. I think that they're going to have to slot her in one of those title matches at at Mania. Now, whether that's with, it's probably not going to be Rhea. That's probably going to be Becky. But I think you got to do, I guess you got to do Bianca and, and Rhea, which like, well, then what do you do with Sasha and Charlotte if Sasha comes back and, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't know how you don't say see Rhea is one of the because right now Rhea is doing great in a gimmick that um, not a lot of people could make work, including Edge, and she's been able to take that gimmick and and make it huge uh, for them. Not a huge like it's not as big as the Bloodline or anything, but it's it's something I genuinely look forward to now every week. So I think you gotta gotta I think now's the time to strap the rocket to her, you know, have her win the Rumble. Just see where this goes, uh, Scott. What did you think about this match? Um, it was it was fun, man. I liked it. You know, the botch botches in 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 an elimination chamber match. I kind of just shrug my shoulders. They're matches that are contrived, right? And it's a lot of memory. I feel like main roster, like you know, you talk about EO. I feel like a lot of main roster matches, specifically the women matches, like you can tell it's more about remembering spots than having the match flow and you can actually see their brains like remembering the spots and their bodies like faltering as they try to remember them. You know, it's like their bodies shake back and forth as they go, Oh yes, this is what I'm about to do. And that's why these botches happen and these fuck up happening. Uh, these fuck up fuck ups happen. Uh, I fucked up saying fucked up anyway. Um, yeah, it was it was a good match. I think it's a great way to start the show. I think all the women have really defined characters, which is which is fun to see on the show. I think um, WWE does a really good job of making all their women feel like superheroes. You know, they feel like real characters uh, that exist in a world. And sure, the world isn't you know it's not the best at wrestling, but it's it's fun enough and fine enough. So yeah, I, w- I was fine with this match. I liked it. Robert, you really enjoyed this match. Uh, uh, Am I being critical here with the spots? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I look, I really enjoyed it. I think to Scott's point, this match went. It was a very long match, and yeah, they were trying to make sure they they got everything on their checklist done. Like you know, Nikki was like, "I got to make sure my handcuffs are are used at some point in time," or we all have to be on the top turnbuckle to do the the suplex spots, but. You know, Scott hit the nail on the head. Everyone in this match had a proper motivation for being in there. It wasn't just a thrown together match. They're all very talented and belong in the ring. It's not like where where you're doing like they used to like the women's Royal Rumbles and some of those women definitely did not belong in there. Uh, Or like, you know, another company that may be out there that doesn't have a direction for a lot of the women that they have. They built so many nice little moments and stories within here that you're you're pivoting to Becky feuding with Bailey and damage control. But at the same time, she had that confrontation with Rhea and Rhea flattened her. And you want to see Bianca and Rhea go at it at some point. So there were a lot of layers to it. They're clearly building something with Alexa going forward. This was all about momentum. And you, you watch the match. The match was exciting it had great moments that will exist in video packages yes there were moments that were botches but at the end of the day wwe cares about what can we condense into a two minute three minute video package that will live forever and there were a ton of moments in this and the crowd took the ride for the match they were cheering at the right moments they cared about who won becky was a bigger star when she came out of the cage than she was as an established babyface. when she left it was still kind of shades of gray at the end of the survivor series match. She's like the number one baby face they have on the women's roster. So this was a huge, huge success. So what would you do for WrestleMania, man? I mean, what would your two top women matches be? Um, So I think you could get a, what you could do is 
you could delay getting to Bianca and and Rhea for for Mania. Uh, SmackDown, that whole their their women's division is kind of a mess. I don't know exactly what you're going to wind up doing there. And Becky's a big enough star where she's sort of the female version, a little bit of the Undertaker in that whoever's in a feud with Becky going into Mania, that's its own attraction. You can you can heat up a heel. You can find someone to go face Becky, whether that is, hey, great, you know, Sasha's back or or they find a way to elevate somebody who's already on the roster. Or even if not that I want to necessarily see this, you bring up a Mandy Rose and you have Mandy going against Becky. Like Becky's big enough on her own or maybe crazed Alexa Bliss with the with the whole Bray stuff. Like she's a big enough star where she can stand on her own as being a mania match without there needing to be a title. Yeah, but I mean, there it, there is something in Rhea just dominating and and like kind of doing the Brock Cena thing with her for a title, you know, just like demolishing Becky, like because Rhea really hasn't been put on the map yet. I mean, she's great, but you know, they had her for first media match. She lost to Charlotte in an empty arena. The second one, she beat Oscar to little to no fanfare. You kind of still need that, like, hey, she's one of the top ladies, and she's fucking young, so. She is young, but well, I mean, the quarterback of the Gators is trying to fuck young. She is young, but the next pay-per-view is Rumble. Like that's the beauty of what they have right now. You have a lot of runway where you don't have to worry about creating some other, you know, situation for her to do. It's let her and, and Dominic do the, their reign of terror thing that they're doing. Judgment Day is starting to work in a lot of ways. Uh, let that keep playing out let her win the rumble and then you can move to her versus uh, Bianca. Well, it just, the reason it works right now, it's because it's, it's, it's Dom and Rhea, you know, um, speaking of things that don't really have worked out well, the judgment day, AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. Um, you know, I don't know, man. I, I guess I just, I think the biggest strike for me on this match is, that you kind of just wish that it happened in New Japan in 2013, you know? Like, but I I will say they had a way better match when it was like the Demon versus AJ. It was like some like um it was some like uh, I think like it was TLC and it was like some event where almost like everybody canceled, so they had to like switch matches around and shit. And 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 Finn went over, and I thought it was a really, really exciting, great match. Um yeah, I don't know. I just I can't get excited about this AJ, even though I think AJ's excellent. And I, I really liked Finn when he was in NXT and what they were doing there. But you know, it just feels very um, you know, like, okay, you know, this is one of these matches where they got rid of all the interference out in in the beginning, you know, you didn't see him again. Um, and then you kind of missed him. You kind of missed, um, you know, doing something goofy with Rhea in this match. And you missed the fact that Rhea wasn't going to be in it because she was just in the War Games match. And, you know, I just thought it was, you know, it's nice to see a clean finish in WWE. You know, AJ just wins with the phenomenal forearm. And there's really little to no fanfare. But I don't know. It almost felt like I was like watching a house show match on a pay-per-view. What did you think of this, Robert? I thought it was a solid match. Um they they definitely beat the fuck out of each other. Like they were working stiff in a in a safe way, but they were trying everything they could. It's it was a cold match because it's a lesser than version of what people really want to see. You know, you're at Survivor Series. It's built around multi man matches. 
you have the judgment day, you have the OC being able to tack on a couple other guys and making this a multi-man match would have made a lot of sense. Instead, to your point, it was just sort of a one-on-one match with limited stakes. AJ won, and it didn't matter. It, it didn't have any impact the next night on Raw. It didn't, it didn't move anything forward. It was a very solid match, and, and honestly, it's it feels stupid to complain about an AJ Styles-Finn Balor match on a pay-per-view because it was very good. But what did it ultimately get these guys in the end? I mean, it didn't have real stakes and consequences like a Brian Danielson Dax match, but it was still fine. <laughs> I, I mean, I just, you know, I, I just think AJ is kind of floundering. What, what did you think of this match, Scott? Yeah, you know, it's funny when when I see AJ lose and I see that like Regal might be going back to WWE, I go, um, Ooh, has a deal been made? Please let AJ go somewhere else because AJ is really great. I mean, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. There was a time when I, he definitely was the best in-ring performer in the world, and it, and it lasted a long while for him. But, yeah, it, it, he doesn't feel fresh or anything like that, but maybe that's his age too, you know? Finn also doesn't feel important at all and he he really never has on the roster a lot of people were complimenting his mask during the entrance just doesn't do it for me i don't give a shit but the match itself was fun and you, you can't argue that uh Rhea and dominic have really um gotten that that group over because yeah, yeah. it's different you know what i mean it's just different it's yeah, like, I, I guess to me, I just go like, maybe you, you have Finn win. Like, what is the point of having AJ win unless AJ and and the uh, the OC are are about to do some really cool shit? You know, which is what I don't know. Feud with with Reigns and them. I don't. I just don't know. Well, yeah, and that seems like well, if 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 your top babyface can't do it, then your secondary babyfaces aren't going to be able to do it. Um, oh yeah yeah also you know it's like we're we're getting the owens at rumble we're getting zane at maybe, i mean maybe zane. maybe who knows unless rumble... i mean we wind up getting judgment day versus oc on raw that should have been oh, that here happened? Survivor... See, yeah that, that was on raw so it should have just been and what happened robert i mean was it like it's over or that, i mean that was the the idea that oh this is it and it's over and it's still not over like it's still going to be going on yeah, going man. forward and that Dallas is, uh... and anderson are just kind of there yeah, that is like so much of pro wrestling lately. On like on every show where yeah, for sure, it's like we're 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 getting over this team, and it's like okay, cool, but you've been getting them over since June, and so you're just like repeating everything because you're trying to get like both teams in the feud over, over and over and over again. It's just not how things work, or maybe it is, and we just forget that like the fun in pro wrestling is the getting the team over. And then once the thing's over, it's like, okay, I don't really need that. Right. And it, it, it is. And it's why like Sammy and the bloodline was so welcome because the bloodline has worked for a while, but Roman's been champ for a long time. And the bloodline act doesn't feel stale because they find ways to kind of focus refresh on something it. else. Bloodline yeah. judgment day is right now kind of treading water until you know, Edge and Beth Phoenix make their return to do the the big match that I guess people theoretically want to see. So your ultimate payoff is Edge, Rey Mysterio, and Beth Phoenix versus uh, Dominic, Finn, and and uh, and Rhea. 
But Mm -hmm. I don't know when we're finally going to get to that stage, if we're going to get to that stage anytime soon. Like, that would be a great match for Rumble. But Well, it's interesting because, I mean, I'll just – my high spot of the week, I'll say it now, is Dominic uh, attacking his dad on Thanksgiving, ringing the doorbell. And then today, he's – you know, an interviewer asked him why he did it. And he said it was because uh, because his dad put up the tree before November was over, <laughs> which fucking rules. But even though that's my that high like, spot, he's not trying to do the Sammy Guevara Austin Theory thing of like, yeah, I'm young, but I'm a badass. He's like, no, I'm a young bitch. That's yeah, my character. Yeah. I am a little fucking bitch. Oh, it matches his face. It matches the age. I mean, a lot of guys at that age, you know, it's just yeah, you're just pussy whipped. That's so much of america you know yeah (laughs) and it's it's a lot of fun to watch but at the same time i don't i don't necessarily need to see uh a match with him and ray like i'm not like oh my god i can't wait but i guess at mania that would be fun i would love for them to open mania the way eddie and him open mania just ray versus dominic i mean look i know dominic don't got it like that in the ring obviously but it would be a good time it would be, but you're putting pressure on him if you're putting him in that spot. Like that's it's kind of setting him up for failure a little bit. I think that's why having Edge in there and and Beth in there to kind of take that, uh, you know, the pressure off a little may may work. And, and I'm hoping that Dominic's putting the reps in otherwise to get better. I mean, when he's been wrestling of late, he has looked more impressive, and he is wrestling like a heel. He was just not very good as a uh, as a babyface. And he's finding how to work as a, you know, conniving, sniveling heel. And it's I don't think anyone's going to like no one is going to uh, care about whether or not the match is good between Ray and Dom. People just want to see Ray beat his son's ass, you know, which is great. That's like an old school wrestling thing. But nobody is like nobody thinks that like Ray is going to have like the match that he had with Eddie or the match he had with Angle. They're just. They just want to see the son get his ass beat for a while. They want to see the moments, the moments. It's an it's an emotional match, and I think honestly, the payoff needs to be Dominic needs to rip Ray's mask off. He needs to he needs to unmask Ray properly for the first time in WWE, and and just take the mask. I will say this: more than an emotional match, which they're going to sell it as emotional, the crowd's going to react emotional, commentary. But if you're a true wrestling fan, you also know this will be a very funny match to watch. Yes. To watch Dominic Mysterio get beat up by his tiny father (laughs) is very funny. And wrestling at its best is very serious and very funny at the same time. Yes, absolutely. It's it's Austin Vince, you know, It's, it's just... It's that's that's exactly what it is. All right, a match that I'm sure uh, none of us liked: <laughs> Ronda Rousey versus uh, Shotzi, um, which apparently Brian Kendrick was a producer on this match, who had gotten a lot of heat because he said the fucking Holocaust didn't happen. Well, he recreated it here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was definitely six million dead watching, you know. Uh, oh my god! It was, uh, I mean, holy shit, this was just a messy match. And I, I like Shotzi a lot. And I loved Ronda's first match at 34. And, but there's been no improvement at all. Um, I like the fact that Shane is there. I, I like Shayna Baszler a lot. I'm, I like the fact they're doing something with her. I like the pairing of her and Ronda. But... This match was just a mess, man. It just it just felt like somebody who doesn't really like wrestling wrestling. That's kind of what 
Ronda Rousey matches feel like for me right now. They don't, you know, they just feel like, you know, they really do feel like she's picking up a paycheck in these matches. Yeah, it felt like when you're when you're like your one friend, you're a kid and your one friend wants to play rough and you don't want to. Yeah, it's a lot of like block, you know, just like get get away, get away. Like she felt, and you know, I did see the one major botch that everybody posted, which was the DDT to the outside where Ronda just decided not doing this. Uh, but also the way Shotzi does that move, and I saw some highlights of when she's done it in the past, it's a little odd. She jumps too far, and so if you don't know you're supposed to, like, like when you do fall flat, it still looks a little stupid because she has jumped so far that you should actually fall out of the ring. You shouldn't hit the side. So both of them kind of shit the bed. They tried everything they could in laying out this match um, to cover a lot of this. Like there was the spot where they dove onto the fans that were clearly plants, but that was designed to be like this great Holy shit moment. And and I was going to get to this as my low spot, but like fire Ronda Rousey was trending on Twitter and it's kind of of two minds. There's the one piece of it that's to Dan's end that she does feel like she's phoning it in a lot and it's lazy and there's a disconnect to what she's doing. But there's another side of it where fans really want to see uh, Sonya, not Sonya. Uh, they want to see Sasha and they want to see Naomi back on TV, and they just want to keep chanting for them all the time. And it feels like those those obnoxious people on Twitter that were all about like release the Snyder cut anytime you talked about anything about a movie. It's like we're well, all going to do is talk about this. So they just wanted to bury this and not give it a chance even before it got out there. And Shotzi was put in such a lousy position of. She was a heel. Then they quickly turned her baby face. Then they gave her no real story going into this. And then she dedicates the match to her father who passed away. And it's a terrible match and she loses. It's It was a total no-win situation for her. Um, and I, I'm that's why you're like, what do you do for SmackDown? I'm like, I, I don't know. Like Ronda's such an amazing attraction. And she's lost that luster completely. And this is what happened the last time she was here. Fans were excited to see her. They got sick of her. And then she went away. And now she's back. And it has not improved. I would have rather seen Shayna Baszler get this opportunity than uh, than Ronda. Oh, I 100% agree with that. Also, what is Liv out with an injury? Or is she... No, she was she was she competed on SmackDown. She she didn't win the the shot. They were going with somebody else rather than Ronda live again. Well, yeah, the match the match definitely left something to be desired. Without a doubt, the worst match of the show. Uh, a match that was pretty good though. Uh, Austin Theory becomes a two time United States champion, defeating Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. I really thought the finish was super creative with uh with, I mean, I've seen versions of this, but I haven't seen it exactly like this, where he, you know, Lashley spears Seth, and then it causes Austin to fall on top of Seth. I mean, it would have been even more amazing if it was Goldberg, but the match would have been terrible because it's Goldberg. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the, the finish was really smart. Um, I, I do, I, I gotta give, I gotta give Hunter his, his props, you know. I, I thought that the, the you know, the theory cashing on Seth was, horrendous but they have paid it off and they have turned it into something and i do think theory is at least as strong as he was last summer um with this kind of new direction of his character um you know like uh, the next night you know with seth the problem it's like he's the greatest in the ring but you're like what is this character is this a baby face is a heel like what what is what is going on here 
Um, but the match itself, I thought was you know second best match of the night. Um, what did you think of it, Scott? Yeah, I mean Rollins is is fantastic, and now that he does get to work as more of a face, you get to see you know these sweet sweet high spots and these really fun moments. So yeah, he made this match for me. I liked it a lot. Yeah, second best match of the show, I'm sure. Yeah, he works really well with Lashley too. He like paces Lashley really well. But yeah, his timing in a match, you know, guys like him and Zayn, like the way that they could just time a moment so well that makes you know everything uh, feel very very important. Yeah, hundred percent. And then Austin gets a title, right? But I I really would have liked Rollins to be holding the title. The thing is, I also know he doesn't need it, and now he has the freedom to do whatever, as opposed to knowing, oh, maybe he's just waiting for Cody to return so he can take the title, you know, so Cody could take the U.S. title off of him or whatever. Uh, y- you become more interested in, oh, what direction is he going in? Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the Seth Cody stuff plays out because it it does feel like the story's not over, but it also feels like it should be over soon because we've already done this match three times. Yeah, I do. I do think Seth being like such a workhorse in the ring was good for that title, though, and the fact that he was having these matches as the champ, you know, on Raw. It kind of sucks that you don't get that for a little longer. Well, I thought I we were going to see Walters. I thought we were going to see Walter Seth at Survivor Series. And that was going to be. I would have. I would have loved that. Yeah, because no, think... we would have seen. We would have seen Gunther Seth. Sorry, Gunther Seth. Um, but I, I don't know. I just. It just seems like when when Seth and uh, Walter like it seems like they genuinely like each other when they're around each other. So I'm like, I'm sure that match would have been out of control because no matter how great the matches with him and Riddle were, and those two do not like each other. So. Um, send each other uh, like deals on Nazi memorabilia. <laughs> that's how seth thinks he's like hey i dated a girl <laughs> and by the way in the world of canceling uh brian kendrick who 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 espoused the belief that the holocaust didn't happen comes back easier than nash carter doing a fake hitler mustache <laughs> just in case everybody <laughs> wants to show you how life's not fair kendrick do, doing a fake hitler mustache in, in his house that his ex-girlfriend who hates him took a picture of when he was shaving is worse than actually saying the Holocaust didn't happen in 9-11 is a hologram. <laughs> well, Kendrick's defense of it all was very, you almost forgive him. Kendrick's defense was like, man, man, I say shit. Like, I'll just say shit sometimes because <laughs> it's like fun to say and then think about. Like, he's just the weirdest. <laughs> I'm just saying. And if in you're Paul fucking- London, man. If you're if you're Nash Carter, you got you just got to be like, what the fuck am I? What 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 do I need to do here? No doubt. Um, <laughs> at this point, um, all right. So anyway, this match, um, <laughs> I I mean, I thought the match was excellent. I think what's great is we're getting the best version of Lashley right now. This motivated monster. We're getting the most fun version of Seth. And they fixed theory. They did exactly when they took the briefcase off. I'm like, this is going to be great. They're going to turn the corner on him. And they did. And now he is a believable top tier heel. He's a guy that they can build on for the future. You needed to get the title off Seth in some way, shape or form because he needs to be in the rumble and you need to have that moment where Seth's in the ring at the rumble and Cody comes back. Like you need that moment. So you can't have him also be the U.S. champ. 
this justifies theory. It makes theory feel important. And now that you have a, a legit heel that people really hate in the right way as U.S. champion, you can use this to rehabilitate a guy like Riddle and give him something to do and pair him up with with theory when you're done with telling the theory Rollins story. So it it works across the board. And there's just something about the way that they've subtly tweaked this theory character that now it's really, really working in a way that is probably designed just to piss Vince off. Like, I feel like 90% of what Hunter's doing right now is like, all right, I took your boy, I made him better. You know, fuck you, old man. See you at Thanksgiving. Everything that I've heard is that Vince does not have his mind in wrestling right now. <laughs> he hasn't a- had his mind in wrestling in 40 years. <laughs> now, now it's more, uh, hey, what? What countries can I live in where they don't look into your past? <laughs> you know, like it's more of that. Um, How he's not doing like blue chew ads right now, I'll never know. I'm here with Vince McMahon. <laughs> who is what's that supposed on? to be, Dan? Connor. <laughs> I what's know. Go- who. Ha- what's going on with you today, Vince? Well, God pal. Damn. <laughs> goddamn, pal. Eat a goddamn salad. Goddamn. Uh, how, how far zoomed in are you? <laughs> he would call up Triple H and be like, "Look, I have our next big giant. He's from Alabama. Um, He's related to Flair. He's got it in his blood. <laughs> We're gonna give him Kamala's gimmick, but he's gonna have even less feet." Um, oh. All right, the Bloodline versus the Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens in a men's war game match. The match goes thirty-eight minutes thirty seconds. Um, the story of this match, man, it's just, it's all about the ending, you know? And, uh, I don't think for, for the life of me, I cannot remember a better finish in pro wrestling since hangman beat Kenny Omega for the title and looked at both bucks. Like as far as storytelling is concerned, I think this was it the best match of the year. No, it wasn't. It, it's never the war, war games match is never going to be the match of the year because there's just, there's too much fucking bullshit to worry about with it. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. Yes. Uh, All right. Since Dan's, since Dan's busy, uh, you know, Michael Vicking a dog, um, I will make the controversial statement. I don't care who, I don't care who hears it. I think this was the best Ridge Holland match he's had. That's right. I fucking said it, and I'm gonna own it. Cut the mics. Cut the mics. I'm sorry. I know. I was a little, little blasphemy. Look, this, this was why you watch pro wrestling uh this match it had a reason for everybody to be in there everyone had a a a purpose everyone had a direction everyone had their own motivation it wasn't just guys thrown together at once it's like drew had his reasons of why he wanted revenge the brawling brutes had their reasons why they wanted revenge kevin owens had his emotional story and they told that emotional story and it built to the moment it built to two moments the moment where Sammy annihilates Kevin Owens and then the moment where Jey Uso hugs Sammy was such a a well-paced, well-timed, well-shot thing that you as an audience member, you felt the true emotion of what was going on there. And it's why wrestling is the best art form that there is. I mean, this was this was like put this as exhibit A when you try to explain to someone who doesn't like wrestling why pro wrestling is fun. It's an amazing athletic competition. But at the same time, you're telling an emotional story and you take that ride and you get that catharsis. 
Um, Scott, uh, were you as high on this match as we were? Oh, I thought it was great. I loved it. I think um, I think the end of the year awards should be changed to the toast of Sami Zayn. He yeah. he is the reason uh, all of this is is so damn entertaining and, and 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 captivating. He has knocked it out of the park with obviously not just him on the mic, not just him in the ring. But his facial expressions, the way his eyes move, it's like down to a T. He is the best pro wrestler in the world right now. Uh, And it is so cool to see such big stars um, turn to him to make something so special. Like, it's just a really cool moment. It's like, and we've been saying it all year, but it's it's like he's constantly having these Foley moments that like, when Austin and The Rock are on top, there's all of a sudden these people who are like, no, Foley's my guy. I like Foley, you know. Uh, you sometimes forget those people existed, but I think I was a Foley guy for a while, you know, because he was the most entertaining part of the show, even though Austin and Rock were also on it. It's uh, it's just awesome. It's really, really good shit. That you also know is going to pay off so long as all they do is stay the course and do everything we expect to happen, which it's like, uh, it's like the hangman story where you go, great job. You did everything we, we asked for you to do. We know exactly how this is ending. Uh, and wow. Thank you. We still love it. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to see I mean, nobody, not nobody wants to see Sammy Roman. People do want to see Sammy versus Roman. Uh, Robert just dropped off, but um Oh, that's happening, by the way. I mean, that's that, that's, that's Elimination happening. Chamber, man. That's a, uh, Elimination Chamber's in Sammy's hometown, dude. It's, I mean, what a fucking match that's going to be. I mean, it's got to be Roman winning, but then what do you have, like, the Usos versus Kevin and Sammy at Mania? Um, also, I think I've been calling War Games this whole time Elimination Chamber, so my apologies. But um, what 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 did you just say? What, and I guess this all lead the, the this all leads to the Usos versus Owens and Owens and Zayn at Mania, no yeah, doubt, Mania. no doubt. And and my my guess is them winning, right? Is yeah, Owens I mean, and Zayn, that, that hug, that emotional, like them crying together or whatever. Like that's such a cool a cool moment. It may be the first time where a tag team match headlines one of the nights, the first night or something. And yeah, I, yeah, it's very possible, but. Uh, all in all, Robert, you're back with us. Robert, how many flaming bowling pins would you give Survivor Series War Games? Um, I mean, I had a it was look, it was a three hour show, which was great. It was five matches that all had a purpose. There was one match that definitely wasn't very good, but all the other ones delivered in various degrees. I would go uh, four and a quarter flaming bowling pins for this. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'll, I'll go with four and a quarter. Uh, Scott. I'll go with four and a quarter. Uh, yeah, I thought, you know, the things that were supposed to be great were great. The things that uh, are going to make you tune in were good, you know, were good. They they served their purpose. And I think my disconnect from WWE is like, I don't care what you do with an Austin theory. I don't think I'm going to give a shit. Like, my heart is not going to go, oh, damn, got to check this out. Um. It has something to do with the way they develop people when, well, when they get a hold of them. It's just it feels insincere and odd and um, and not it, very. I don't know. It just it doesn't it. 
they don't get you with that passion that uh it might be but remember you know he's now got the u.s title and if only there was a guy that was u.s champion who worked hard to restore the prestige of that title who is maybe in hollywood but might want to come back at some point to to shut some punk kid up don't know who is it who is that would be john cena Oh, I mean, yeah, man. I'm but doing dude, the meme thing, but I think that's dude, that's your every every Cena return has been bad. Like every Cena return has not done anything for the person he's he's wrestled at all. I think his return on Roman was was good, brother. No, you may hate the match, nothing but the itself did stuff. The, the return itself was good, but no, I think Cena no, coming just, back, it, it was not good. He he. It was like he wasn't even watching the show. Everyone loved Roman, and he's sitting there like. You're you're not working hard enough. You're not doing this. It's like everybody disagrees with that. It was a bad program. I but thought the anyway. program was fine. I mean, I understand. I understand the criticisms of the match, but um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do. They may do Cena and Logan Paul. Who knows? Which I, I actually think that that would be great because it would be like Cena not burying a guy. You know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it would probably put Paul over. You kind of got to put Paul over the next time. And that's a feud that could start just like on the internet in Hollywood or, you know, at a, at a, at an event somewhere. Well, it already has. I mean, Logan mentioned that this is the match that he wants. And then Cena posted a picture of him on his Instagram. Oh, so, okay. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. But he's also posted pictures of theory. So, uh, he, he is a very weird Instagram presence, but let's, uh, let's get to the other promotion that we saw this week. Um, <laughs> Dynamite or Dud, AEW Dynamite or Dud. Let's go to hour one. Uh, John Moxley, a- Adam Hangman Page pull apart, which uh, they got pulled apart later. It's appropriately timed yawn as well. <laughs> um, Daniel Bryan versus Dax Harwood in a thanks, uh, Jim Ross. Oh, Brian Danielson. Sorry. Uh, a really strange Renee segment with. Jericho Appreciation Society and Blackpool Combat Club. Uh Samoa Yeah, it Joe. looked like it was edited by like a like a like a like a middle school video club. <laughs> I think it was Samoa Joe versus the new guy they signed. Was it AD Fox or AR, AR Fox? AR Fox. Yeah. AR Fox. A uh followed by a Wardlow promo. And then this was into the end of first hour, into the second hour, but the MJF Regal segment, which I'm sure we'll have probably the most to say about that. But Scott, what did you think of this first hour? Uh, I, I I never complain about a pull apart to start a show. I do think it's a fun way to start a show. Hangman coming out, got a huge pop. Do the, the thing is, it's just, you know, Moxley, it's, it's a lot of Moxley. And, um, and, you know, like you remember when he, when we all thought he was supposed to go on vacation and then punk got hurt. And so he didn't. And we've all, it's kind of like when your girl says she's going to like go somewhere with her friends and then she doesn't. And you're like, man, I was going to, I was going to like jerk off in the house when you were gone, you know, like, I'm like Moxley leaves. So like, I can have some fun, I guess is what I'm saying. And so every time I see him on the screen, I'm like, damn it, the break hasn't happened yet. He's waiting for someone to sort of go fund me to pay for his vacation. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I think that, I mean, that was my number one note is that like, I love seeing Hangman back and I do think this is the program. That I want to see, but they just need to move on from Moxley's being a top. I'm just not excited. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. I'm just not ex- excited about the company right now. 
if Moxley's always going to be in the top pictures. He doesn't need to be in the top two programs. Sure. And, um, Jericho. It's just like after a while, you're like, all right, let's let's move on, guys. Let's do something a little different. It's a variety yeah. show. But uh, this is, like you said, the, the program to do. And, you know, that Hangman Mox match was was great. And that ending that wasn't planned is a great reason to have a feud. And I, 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 I liked the brawl. It's just, yeah, it's it's exactly what you said. It's um, there's some Moxley like fatigue, fatigue. There we go. A hundred percent. And so, so it's like, okay, so is is he in the Blackpool comment? Like, what is that? Is this still a thing? Because well, it- I did think it was a great way to to keep him occupied while the one it gave Regal an excuse to be allowed to come out because Moxley told him last week, you know, run away, stay far away. But it's like, well, Moxley was occupied brawling with Hangman even backstage, which they showed later, which I also liked. Um. So I did like that. They do address that like Moxley couldn't come out and either help Regal when he was attacked or attack Regal when he just came out in general or attack MJF, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. I allowed other shit to happen during the show. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to talk, but after I get Robert's opinions, I just love to go into this whole MJF Regal mess that they've kind of gotten themselves into. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna partition that part out as a separate thing that warrants its own time. Yeah, Robert, um, but, what did you think of everything else besides that for the show? So hour one, yeah, Moxley continues the thing where he sounds like he's a heel and a parody of a wrestler when he's like, "I'm the best wrestler," like in the ring. Like, no, you're not. Like, it's like you sound like you're insistent on like this is my company and I'm the best. When we know that's bullshit, that makes you a heel. That's that's always a disconnect. Him falling off the stage during the brawl was absolutely hilarious. Uh, I'm sorry. That was great. I don't understand what we're supposed to get out of this Hangman Moxley feud simply because Moxley is not as over as he was. And I think the MJF feud hurt him. Hangman was not as over as he was. And now it's babyface, babyface, where you're not going to turn either one of them. So the crowd doesn't know who to get behind. So you're splitting the audience. Uh, that doesn't accomplish the goal they need to get, which is rebuilding Hangman as a as a top act and giving Moxley something to do away from the title. Well, uh, I do think it is a guaranteed Hangman victory, though, and then you can move on from the fact that he got it, knocked out. By right? Moxley. No, it it is, but as you get to it, you want like a hundred percent unity behind someone, and there really isn't that here. Um, like, like the, like the next thing example is like that Dax Harwood, Brian Danielson match was a fine exhibition match. It felt like the old ring of honor when they needed to sell tickets for like, Hey, we're going to be in, uh, you know, whatever Boston, we need to sell out this, uh, 300 seat arena. All right. We're doing Dax Harwood versus Brian Danielson. Why? Cause it's a good wrestling match, yeah. but as a national company, we don't really need to see it. And we just saw that Eddie Kingston match on the full gear pre-show that was about, a guy living a dream that he wanted to have and having an emotional match. And then we kind of had a lesser version of it here. I, I don't understand. It, it, and, and Robert, you know, like when, when they first announced the match, I, I wasn't hard on it. Like a lot of other people were, which a lot of other people were, what's the story. I would yeah. prefer a story. And I loved the match. I loved the match. And I was waiting for the match for the story to happen because there is a story that can be told, which is, um, FTR are Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Danielson 
can tell Utah, who Danielson just fought for the Ring of Honor title. Utah is completely involved in Ring of Honor. Danielson can tell Utah, hey, you know, despite the shit going on with Moxley and Regal, I will prove to you that, you know, being with Blackpool Combat Club, you know, is a good thing. And they could go after the titles. And so you could have this moment where it's Danielson and Utah, you know, to set up Danielson and Utah versus FTR at the pay-per-view. Because who the fuck's going to watch this 4 p.m. pay-per-view anyway? Nerds. The Ring of Honor pay-per-view, I mean. Yes, yeah, I'm the, the Ring of Honor show. But, yeah, I'm watching like, it. But this could have been an opportunity but for... But Danielson Yuta versus FTR at, at Final Battle is a is a great match to have at Final Battle. And instead, you're going to have FTR versus two goddamn jabronis uh, because you, you're afraid to have the goddamn Briscoes. Agreed, but... they, 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 they could... the Gun Club? Who are they doing? I don't know who they're going to do. Probably Gun Club. It's It's, you know... But they should have used this match to establish that. Like, if you're trying to build it up as this is going to be a really fun match that fans want to see, and then there are heels who take that match away from you, you hate those heels. Instead, we just got the match to the end, and it was fine. Didn't accomplish anything. And it was just like, this is going to fill a couple segments where we're good. Um, the, the Ricky Starks piece, he already has a shot at MJF. And now he's trying to get the dynamite diamond ring so he can get a shot at MJF. Feels kind of weird to me. Dude, the whole dynamite diamond. I, I I really enjoyed the uh, the diamond ring and the fact that MJF, you know, has had it this long. I thought it was a fun little thing that they got to do. But now to to add the stipulation, unless Ethan Page and Ricky, unless they were like, they don't know the rules and they kind of flubbed it too. But it's like now this is like a, a money in the bank contract all of a sudden pretty much yeah and yeah like why do this when ricky star it's the only thing i can think of is like are you trying to make this title match a triple threat i don't even understand well, because no, no because you, underst get to, you get to face mjf and that's my point so, so the only like, way what? this but makes not sense even for the title for the ring so, so scott the only way it makes sense is if starks wins this dynamite battle with diamond ring thing and then faces max and beats max and then he gets the shot at the title, and now you've established that Ricky Starks can beat MJF. I and hate now that, maybe, though. I, I, I hate, hate it. That. I, or, or like, or and and that is right. It's definitely for whoever to win to beat him, but not for the title. So they have that hanging over his head, and it's like I don't think I want a thing like that hanging over his head. No. Um, Joe and Ar Fox. Ar Fox has been around for a long time. He's a very talented wrestler. He has a complicated uh, background that has hindered him for years so i'm glad he's getting an opportunity i'm not going to get into any of that shit here uh that wardlow promo holy fuck um first of all joe calling himself king of tv and then wardlow being like king of tv is a stupid name welcome to wardlow's world without an ounce of irony um, the I mean, game, uh, they, can we just can we just start to admit that maybe we were all wrong about Wardlow? No, Dude, Wardlow. We're, we're wrong about Tony knowing how to book a guy like yeah, Wardlow. Yeah, I was never wrong about Wardlow. I knew what he was, and I liked what he was. It's just you can't do. You got to do the Heyman thing, you know. You got the Land of the Misfit toy shit. You like ex accentuate the positives in someone, and you know Vince had it right too, where it's like when you see a big guy, you you just tell him growl at the camera. Put your face as close as you can to the camera and growl at it. It's a shame that AEW doesn't have like a manager, like a short guy, bald, maybe has run <laughs> comedy shows before, uh, <laughs> who can really talk 
and sell this Wardlow guy. That'd be great. Like it would be a Stokely of genius if they could find someone to fill that role. Uh, also, what was fucking weird was the Hobbs video package where they turned him into making a difference Fatu from the early 90s where he's like walking around the ghetto and he's just like, hey, you guys playing dice, like knock that off. Like now we're investing in telling the Hobbs backstory. Wait, is he, I liked that. Was he, I, I kind of liked it, but I was like, is he a baby face or a heel? It's, I don't know if he's a baby face or a heel, but the acting of those guys where they were playing dice, they seemed like, oh, oh no, hold on. Like it felt comedic in a way where it should have felt more serious. Like it should have just been him walking around the streets narrating about the his tough background you didn't need the the cheesy reenactors well i think i think the reason it it feels funny is because they film shit the way people film like instagram sketches yes and so you're like wait is this about to be a funny thing because i've been scrolling and seeing shit filmed like this but oh yeah i liked it i don't but, know i i think more of this i want hobbs to be I want like the, um, i want them to build hobbs have a marvel right? netflix show yeah I, he's got a great backstory i think he's a fantastic character. They just need to tighten those up. I did love that hook video thing with Taz breaking down the submissions, like trying to make it feel like a real sport for 30 seconds. I thought that was a really nice little touch and they never have hook on dynamite. So it was kind of fun to at least see him get some representation on the show. And it's always fun to hear Taz say Kata Hajime. I loved that. I loved that a lot. And uh, Taz Shivani Excalibur, they are so damn good, specifically Taz. And yeah. on this episode, man, Shivani and the moments that were important just like killed me. He was so good. So good. Yeah, he, he was. It's yeah. a great. It's a great. I mean, they finally, you know, it sucks. They finally figured out their announcing team, you know, after the product became a little bit cold. So basically they're TNA. <laughs> basically. TNA yeah. had a terrible announcing team when it was good. And then they finally got to Taz and TNA. It was just rough to watch. Right. Yeah. Taz I mean, is an all timer, man. Oh, he's one yeah. of the best. I think I he's love commentator him. of the year, 100%. All right. Before we get to what happened at the end of Dynamite, let's go through the segment that has just a lot of question marks around it. So Regal comes out, um, brings out MJF. MJF, through uh, another email Regal sent after the firm attack, mentioned that Regal said that you need to grab the brass ring and not worry about, you know, anything else. And because of that, you need brass knuckles. And that's a good line. That's a good line. Yeah, no, it's, it was fine. Yeah, it was it, that. Uh, look, the, that's not the problem. I mean, a lot of this isn't content stuff with me. No, well, yeah, the content uh, was uh, actually uh, solid. I'll, yeah. I'll go in. There's a way bigger problem than content. Uh, he listed, oh, yeah. he listed, uh, he listed all his, um, all his new, you know, the feuds we all kind of expected. Eddie Kingston, which got a big pop. Brian Danielson, which didn't get that big of a pop, which makes you realize just how poorly Tony has used him since the Hangman feud. Um, and then, you know, Ricky, which was like, yeah, it was an all right pop. But it ends with MJF laying out Regal, so they're not together anymore. Regal's dead in the middle of the ring. And, and the whole story was not, you know, after this promo was not, was not, oh, my God, did you believe MJF laid out Regal? It wasn't, oh, my God, do you see all these feuds that MJF is going to have in the next year? It was, is Real going back to WWE because of Hunter's tweet and because they, like, immediately killed him in this? Um, after running, like, my question is, if this is true, and he is going back to WWE, if it is true, why, why the fuck would you have him 
be the person that cost Moxley the title. Like if you're never going to get that payoff again in any, because they didn't know at the time, I would assume, right? I guess. But then that's a bigger question is if, if they don't know, then like, why are you, if you don't know somebody's like right now, they cannot run with FTR because FTR has not made it clear of whether or not they're going to resign with AEW. You cannot go with a group of people when they may not be there again. Yeah, and I think a problem is, I don't even know if it's a problem, it's just what happens is a lot of these guys really like Triple H. They they think Triple H will do them a service, and he will, and they want to go back. And I think it's a lot of guys. I, th- I think Claudio included. Um, yeah, and if that's the case, it's just like, damn, th- this is when you start making deals. This is when you go like, all right, right well, who wants to come here? Like, you know, there's got to be somebody who wants to come here. Like, we will make some trades. Like, some people are saying that Regal's contract, you know, at first they were like, oh, it was for a year and so it's up soon. But now people are saying it was actually three years. But Brian Alvarez said there there might have been a clause about Triple H. Like, it's like, what is How? There's no way there's a clause like that. And so is this Tony making a deal and William will be leaving and we are going to be getting – an AJ Styles or uh you know whoever the hell a Finn Balor or I don't know, you know if you want to pay that, that that's not how contracts work yeah no I know I know AJ's but... making like three and a half million a year you know AJ's never leaving WWE he's no, got right? a There's really no great position they merchandise the hell out of him he he's he's booked fairly well like he's fine yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a guy who could do two matches a year in the next few years and they'll be okay with that they'll still pay him you know so yeah. yeah, this segment was. I mean, like, first of all, the okay, regal here's thing. The other thing. Okay, and I'm sorry. Before Robert, you go into it. Okay, Scott. Let's say he's not leaving. So then, what we're doing then is you're playing into another internet story of is somebody leaving AEW for WWE just to write him off a little longer? It's yeah. just so crazy, man. Because it's like, dude, that's an interesting story to tell once, um, like it was with Brian Pillman, even though it ended up blowing up in WCW's face. But you can't do it with everybody on the fucking roster, especially when WWE is kicking your ass. It just makes you look like shit right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I even liked MJF, like, you know, rephrasing that original Regal email. But, like, from yeah. him, I fucking loved that. It's just, it went very long. And when it happened, you know, people were like, well, damn, we didn't get any time of Regal and MJF. And we we kind of thought that would be some fun television that now we will never get. And... And, you know, again, it's like, oh, is he leaving? But if he is leaving, they did the right thing in that Moxley, you know, they had Moxley embarrass him and they had MJF embarrass him. And so when he does, you know, if he does go back to WWE television, which I assume he will, uh, you know, they can't be like, oh, he, you know, whatever bullshit KFAP shit they do or whatever. Um, well, I, I also want to say, too, before Robert gets into it, like the last week or two, like MJF has been on Twitter just trying to start every feud imaginable some of them make sense like the patty pimblet of it because a hot new ufc guy we haven't seen that yet of us you know and connor's way too unreliable um but he was feuding with so many people online and so active online it kind of made me wonder like does he not have faith in tony's direction is he just trying to get stuff started for him it just it, it was a little bit desperate it just felt a little desperate to me well um, you, you know what else it felt like um and, and this has been Every it feels like every promo from even like the top two storylines since the uh the 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 brawl the brawl at a at the press after the press conference is every promo feels like they're like 
course correcting. And so it's like half the promo is erasing a thing or explaining a thing that wasn't quite explainable and kind of failed and flopped. And then doing a turn to be like, this is the new thing we're actually doing. It's just fucking annoying. And, and, and it goes, oh, okay. So you are acknowledging that some of our time has been wasted the last few months with your storytelling. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Robert. I oh, know you're fine. Um, Kill him. Kill him. I'll let yeah. you. Uh, that's this is... <laughs> all right. So first of all, beyond anything else, I think the thing that sucks the most for, for MJF at this point in time is everything about his return has been snake bit from the fact that he returns that night when then the entire story becomes about CM Punk. And we never get the MJF feud we're supposed to get. Uh, he does this big moment. This was his big coronation as champion. And it now becomes, is William Regal going to WWE and not the moment we have been waiting for was Max finally winning the AEW title, putting the company on his back and saying, here is the trajectory of where we're going, going forward. That was not this promo. This was him trying to do six things at once. This was him trying to fight against the current because this crowd does not want him to be a heel. They want to cheer him. And he's trying so hard to make them hate him that you get nerves. And I, you can tell that there's nerves when you get these moments where MJF will, will be like, Hey, I have the mic I'm talking just to get them to boo. Cause he's starting to hear silence and it happened a lot during this promo. So you knew that there were moments where he was, he was feeling the audience pulling away. The fact that he's still engaging in this feud with the firm that no one wants to see. So he's having to talk about those clowns and address them over the course of what's going on. Then he debuts this new title that was not as over the top and garish and ugly as it should have been. I get that it has the Burberry. Honestly, the title looks a little cool. I, I liked the way the title looked. I, I, I thought it, it gave it's it an old school vibe. Kind of the same, honestly. And Shivani's like disgust over it made no sense because it wasn't ugly. What it should have been is he should have removed the AEW from the front of the title, and it should have said MJF. And it should have been, I'm bigger than this company. And you don't want to be the AEW champion. You want to be the guy that beats MJF. That's your fuck you to everyone. That's your, I am, I am the title. I'm bigger than everyone else. And now you have a reason for people to be angry at him. And then at the end of the promo, he lays out Regal, which means he's a fucking baby face. He took the guy that said, I have no faith in you. He tricked this guy into betraying his own friend. And then Max got the ultimate revenge and made Regal look like an idiot. How is he a shitty heel? He's not. So this accomplished nothing. Yes, he mentioned Eddie Kingston, who we have not seen since he was on a pre-show. You know, he mentioned Ricky Starks, which got no real reaction. And then Danielson, who was in the building, doesn't come out and confronts him. Like it was, it was a misfire across the board and there is no passion. There's no excitement in what's going on in AEW right now. And I was talking about this with another former writer. And I said, as much as I hate to do fantasy booking, cause I think it's kind of cliched and hackneyed. What I wish would have happened now is at full gear. I wish the person that would have slid the, bla the brass knuckles to MJF was Tony Khan. Pull the fucking trigger at this point. Tony Khan has become the biggest heel in wrestling. He I thought you he, meant he should kill himself. Well, I no, really, there's that. But. I, I, I understand what you're saying. 
storyline wise that makes sense but no, here's the story i don't think that you're practically looking at the fact that that means we're gonna have to have tony in a real promo spot every week and i I actually think that could be the death of not just AEW but professional wrestling no no so you have a spot every fucking week or you you know first of all you don't need tony on every week or at all beyond his first awkward promo but it needs to be this is my company and mjf is my hand-picked champion the elite are not running this company. Kenny's not running this company. Cody was not running this company. This is mine. I'm the guy calling the shots. And then every shitty booking decision and every little snarky tweet he wants to have is hidden behind him being this this heel guy who pulled the trigger on MJF. And then at least you have something more interesting than what you have going on right now. Because right now, everything feels flat. And the only interesting story that MJF has going forward in the immediacy is the eventual thing with Eddie Kingston because Eddie Kingston is basically Mick Foley of AEW and you can build to a match where Eddie puts his, you know, is willing to put his career on the line against Max to get some kind of an emotional whatever. But until we get to that, it's an ugly road ahead of Max having to pretend to care about a feud with Ricky Starks or whoever else they're going to put him in there with, and or a lukewarm Brian Danielson. Like, everything just feels flat, and they've pulled the only lever they have, which was to give Max the title, and now all that's left is maybe getting to MJF Kenny Omega, which, is that really the biggest dream match they have? No, well, look, I think the, the thing with MJF is I, I don't think there's such thing as a dream match with him. Um, you know, we're invested for in MJF. I do love the matches, but it's it's the moments outside of the matches. He's just the absolute best. So when I go dream match, I go ah, more like dream feud, right? Like who is he going to be disputing with? And yeah, still probably nobody. It's like I think it's got to be Eddie, but yeah, I mean, yeah, hypothetically, you go Eddie. Eddie is the best actual like you know verbal feud. Um. They want us to want an MJF Hangman feud down the line. They want us to have a, an MJF Danielson feud. All, all these feuds will be good, but yeah, I, I don't think any of them are going to feel special besides the Kingston one, perhaps an Omega one, which I, I don't see even happening. It's it's starting to feel like Adam Cole when he returns, maybe, but oh, that God. doesn't feel special, you know. But I, I can really see them do, I, mean, I can see them doing it again. Great matches. It's just. It, it nothing necessarily that's gonna that's gonna pull at me because MJF is so good. Yeah, it's, it's just a weird it's a weird thing now where it's like, you know, when I was watching this and I'm like, holy shit, is this like, is MJF? I really hope MJF's title run doesn't turn into the heel version of the Drew McIntyre title run where it's like, what? yeah, we want him to have the title. We know he's the guy that should have it. Let's try it with it. And then just nothing about it. Everything just feels snake bit or everything feels just underwhelming. And, you know, like in, in Drew's, Drew's case, a lot of that was the pandemic. And a lot of it was, you know, Vince still booking like it's, you know, 1982 or whatever. But, um, yeah, like that, I walked away from that being like, this feels, this was not the promo that you, like this, I, they did not want me to have this feeling for their new vicious heel champion. No, uh, again, was, no, this I think was a, every this line was a... he said was great. I just think it was super long and the disappointment of like, oh boy, this is a lot of uh storytelling in 
a short period of time. Even it was long. It was serving too many masters of trying to get too many things accomplished. This should have been a layup. Like, like there's very few things in wrestling that are easy to see coming. MJF's first uh, promo as world champion should have been uh, a fucking slam dunk. And this was far from it. And I had that feeling after full gear, my low spot last week was max won the title and I was happy to see it, but it didn't feel like a great moment. And I'm like, they needed to correct that in some way, shape or form. They haven't. And there doesn't seem to be a, a great path going forward. And a big way to correct it would be to not have ring of honor. Uh, again, you could have amazing matches like the four way at full gear be for the number one contender. So it does feel important when, when guys like Claudio are after it and Samoa Joe and all these other names that you do know that do feel kind of cool for MJF to have. Um, another issue is like, I feel like Tony Khan is in his head, like, okay, we're in phase two where it's no longer about uh, the Omegas and the Jerichos. And now it's about like, you know, the, the four pillars, but they're not doing like, you know, where's jungle boy after that awesome moment where he beat Luchasaurus. And it was so fucking great. It was so great yeah. that match. And it's like, where's Sammy, where, you know, Where's Darby and these guys that we should have cared about, but you haven't built them properly, uh, even though, you know, thank God they're so unbelievable. It doesn't matter that you build them properly, but they should feel bigger than they, you know, a four way between the four pillars should be like the biggest deal now that MJF's champion. But now it feels like something you would throw on a uh, winter is coming or something. Yeah. And I think that was the uh, was the point I made last week about full gear, that it felt like a, a kid that forgot he had a book report due and rushed it the night before. We had to just kind of push everyone. It's like, oh, we got to have Jungle Boy win and we got to have Darby win and we got to have, you know, Ricky Starks do this. And it, it 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 didn't elevate anybody. And there's no follow through. They don't have they they just they have too many people on their show and not enough time. And then you look at the people who like. There was no Malachi Black whatsoever on this. Miro was off on an island somewhere, like floating on like a, an ice raft. Um, they they just – you can't focus on what's going on. But thank God Jeff Jarrett will have a match on Rampage. On, uh, on, uh, Rampage oh, my God. Also, thumbs down, thumbs down MJF even acknowledging Jeff Jarrett's long title reign. Uh, I mean, it, it's I, – I don't know what – I just don't know what reality Tony was in, you know? Um, all right, hour two. You know, after this, we have uh, Ricky Starks squashing Davari of the Trustbusters. Remember that stable? That's still around. Willa versus Anna. No, because I don't watch Dark Elevation. Willa versus Anna J. Um, which I'm kind of glad that they're you know doing something with Willow. I think she has the opportunity to be a breakout star. But you know, again, it's like it just shows you like how terrible Anna J has done because. You know, like, yes, she's booked higher on the card than Willow. So, yes, this match should have meant more when Willow went over. But nobody fucking cared because it was Anna Jay. We have Jade having a very confusing promo about Little Bow Wow. And then our third best of seven match with the Elite versus uh, the Death Triangle for the uh, Trios. Well, it'll eventually be for the Trios title. Uh, this is one where the Elite went over. Robert, what do you think about the rest of the show? Can I just say dud and move on? No. Um, yeah, it was weird with the Davari thing because I thought he had a group of guys. Like, didn't he have like that, like Parker Bordeaux or whatever? None of them were there. And then Stark squashed him to so we can get that weird thing with Ethan Page and then Matt Hardy running out, which, by the way, is it? I mean, I get Tony's got a lot on his plate, but from what I understand, 
Matt Hardy lost a match and is now forced to be under the service of Stokely Hathaway. And then if Claudio loses his match, he has to be a member of the Jericho Appreciation Society. This is the same fucking company. Yeah, which you know the Claudio thing is happening. Which you go like, okay, him wearing a hat with Hager as a tag team is funny for a moment until you go, God damn it, come on, that's Claudio. Right. Uh it's it's goofy and but you're literally doing the same story it's ass, yeah. Twice. Um I, I have heard on the internet that I don't know Ooh, where the this, I don't know where this Matt Hardy feud is taking place with uh, Ethan Page, but I heard it's been good. But again, it's like it's Matt Hardy. You don't want to taking place in Jeff Hardy's imagination while he's in rehab. Dude, what a year for AEW that the Jeff Hardy moment is like number eleven on the list of of like shitty things that fucked up the uh, the uh, the plans for the company. You know? The thing but is, on... I don't even. I, I still don't even remember the Dave and Buster's DUI as much as. This... Him debuting, and while his brother is getting his ass kicked in the ring, him dancing to the ring. That still is the like one of the funnier moments of the year for me. Um, I mean, high spot obviously was QT Marshall challenging Orange Cassidy. That is a dream match in a lumberjack match. Oh, yeah. even better! Yeah, uh, you, you can't just do a normal match with these two behemoths. You know, you got to make sure that the whole roster's there to separate them. They booked Jade Cargill properly in the sense that she went out there and she didn't wrestle and you got to see her and be like, she looks impressive. She looks like a star. And I didn't have to, of money. I didn't have to watch her wrestle a match. And then I don't get what this bow wow thing is. I don't really care enough. And then the main event, like the elite and the death triangle, like, yeah, they should have a good match, but we've seen it now. You, you're going to give it to us so many times that it's not going to be special. Well, it's going to be that feeling when you had after like, wow, TLC was amazing. TLC two was amazing. TLC 18 was, eh, who cares? They, well, they got the they got the worst thing they could from this, which is, you know, the first match back, they get cheered out of the building. Second match back, they get booed out of the building. This match, it just seemed like nobody fucking cared. You know, like, it didn't seem like they were over his faces, didn't seem like they were over his heels. It just felt like, oh, okay, yeah, we got to do another one of these because it's a best of seven match. It's and... the law of diminished returns. And nobody cares that it's a best of seven because there's no real stakes. No one cares about the trio's titles. Well, you guys are making big... up shit. None of this is real what you're saying, literally. What are you there, talking There's about? like five stories happening in the match. The crowd loved it. You were probably listening to it low because it was the main events and your wives hate you for watching wrestling. Wait, that, that may be true, but that has nothing to do with our <laughs> this is, But you're saying no one cares or no one's invest Like... The crowd so far, okay, ready? It's been crowd the last was not as hot in this match, Scott, as they were the last couple of times they fought. As Chicago and a pay-per-view crowd, they were great compared to like compared to what crowds are supposed to be in, in to a pay-per-view crowd where where uh the elite return well, and then Chicago the where there's seven, like this crazy circumstance a, that is gonna be like moment of, of a dud. for everybody. So you you're insane. This match was fantastic. And the idea that there's not a story, it's like a made-up thing. Like, one, you go like, oh, why is there not a story? Because there's too many moves in the match. It makes people sound 20 years older than they actually are. It's like, you guys sound like Elvis trying to deport the Beatles or something. At no point did I say there was no story <laughs> in the match. I mean, there's there's no storyline going on here. It's just, we're going to do a best of seven. But a best of seven is you're you're phoning it in for the next however many, like, when have they phoned it in? It's it's the best match of this Dynamite. No, no, not, not the match itself. It was the best match of the Dynamite before, and it was the best match of Full Gear. 
it should be the best match. These are six of the best workers they have in the company. Exactly. And they're putting them out there, but you're just throwing them out there over and over and over and over and over that they're going to the lose special, but it's going to not be as special. But you're predicting that, thing. but it hasn't happened yet. It just this hasn't skippable. happened yet. I mean, it, it felt, certainly wasn't. It was fantastic. It was this good, but again, ruled. it felt skippable, and you just keep getting them week after See, week. See, that's the like, thing. Like People say, like they're like, oh, people who like Young Bucks matches, they have short attention spans. It's like, I think you guys have short attention spans. It was very good. So here's the story. I, mean, I, I really like here's the first the matches. Why can't the stories, I the uh, The stories of the elite trying to regain titles they never lost, which is good enough, right? The story of Phoenix struggling with if they should cheat, right? The story of the elite now willing to cheat if others are willing to cheat. Um, my favorite story, which I, which which is which is New Japan fans' story, which is the story of Kenny fighting uh, the different skill sets of Pac, Phoenix, and Penta, right? Uh, with in a way to prepare for his first singles match. His first, he hasn't even had a singles match since his return. So his first singles match as as of now is versus Osprey. And what a better way to prepare than fight Pac and Phoenix, who, if they had a fucking baby, would be Will Ospreay. Then there's just the story within each match, right? Which is like the sequences tell stories. Last week had a story involving the crowd with Punk. The Hammer story makes total sense. You see? This week... I just don't, I, I just don't think people care about at the beginning Because they're did. so frustrated with each other already. Well, I just don't think people cared about it as much as you think they did. That's all. They every match uh, they chant uh, "Fight Forever," and guess what? They are. Uh, yeah, and everyone likes yeah, but it. They're, they're just it's hoping just like, that fucking video game comes out at this point. Scott. Each I mean, we and also all three matches have been different. Like it's it has not been repetitive. They've done fun, fun new sequences that I've never even seen in wrestling matches before, and people are like, "This is dumb." It's like you've never even seen these. Some of these fucking moves. What are we talking about? It's dumb. Madness. It's madness. And I would also argue it's fake. You know what it feels like? It feels like politics. You know when like people argue about politics and they go like, I hate everything about this guy. And you're like, well, but it can't be this. It just but, but that's, not that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying like, was, uh, which is it, like, what I'm saying was it just did not feel like this match was over. It felt like the elite weren't as over as baby faces or heels. You could blame that on it being a crowd in Indiana. They're not the greatest fucking crowds in the world. Crowd was hot the, the whole match for this. By the way, Dan will be playing uh, the Zanies in Indianapolis next Tuesday. <laughs> crowd was hot the whole match. Um, <laughs> Good to have old Scott back. You have yet to have it's something to defend real. on Dynamite in so long. It's kind of nice. It's like well, I almost I almost missed it. I mean, I don't really miss it, but well, I almost missed I'm it. on it. People go like, oh, like you're like an member, like for how long? For two years, they were like, oh man, you're an AEW market. It's like, no, it's just for two years, AEW was a fucking chef's kiss, you know? And this elite um, uh, death triangle program has been a chef, a, a fucking chef's kiss so far. I, I the love these matches. I did not love boring or shitty. And you're getting, and you're like, what's the story? It's like, dude, at the end of this, the title is going to have seven matches that were unbelievable. Uh, you know, on, on under its belt, and then you obviously pray for um them to feud with the Trustbusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> you know, for Malachi Black and, and and the boys to uh to whoop some ass, right? That that's the 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 hope is that for the next few weeks, uh, they they stomp everybody out until there is a. I mean, it really win. just depends on whether or not uh the Bucks want to work with them, right? I mean, like at this point, it it feels like there's a lot of great feuds that are being jettisoned because of that, but. Um, hopefully, yeah. 
I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I, I, I don't think that I was unfair in my assessment of this match. I don't think I've been on as an elite fan, as a death triangle fan. I've never thrown these guys under the bus before, but this match felt very mid to me, Scott. So Do you think a best of seven series is, is, is a bad idea. Uh, as the wrestling fan of me, no, because I want to see these guys fight a lot. Yes. I, I'm, do you I'm, think? I, do you I, think there has not been? I, a story? Look, I I disagree with Robert on the and Mike on that. I do want to see these guys these guys fight a lot. And I thought the, you know, the first match was great. The second match was really interesting. And uh, um, so yeah, I mean, I I I, I disagree on that. I I mean, I I do think that I want to see these guys wrestle, but. Um, this one just felt very mid to me. A best of series is not a bad idea. You don't need to do it every single week. Like space it out. Like, uh, you know, the Flair Steamboat best of series was was great. And what it wasn't right after the other, after the other, after the other, because all my point is that it's diminished returns. These are not bad matches by any stretch of the imagination. But when you see the same thing week after week after week, it loses its specialness. You can have the match be you know, once every couple weeks and build it up. But it just feels like this is a good placeholder so Tony doesn't have to come up with something else to main event the show. Because I'll also, he's I'll not also finding argue this. I'll also argue this. Well, next week they're not doing it, right? But then the following weeks, these are the holiday weeks where, I mean, Dynamite got like its lowest rating in, in forever last night, right? Where the holiday oh, it did? season- I didn't see the ratings. Oh yeah, man, bad, like eight something. That's and a fucking so, disaster. Since yeah, they were man, promoting, yeah. it was Max's first- yeah, man. This, yeah, I, I said this when they put the title on. They put the title on them at a time where the company is on a downturn, and it's going to be unfairly blamed on him in a lot of ways, and it just sucks. Well, yeah, it definitely stinks. But um, you know, during these like Christmas weeks, what you are guaranteed if you're not paying attention much is you are guaranteed a banger every week, and you know, oh shit, uh, six of the 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 absolute best in ring performers will be fighting each other. Uh, tonight so at least that's worth checking out even though i'm busy uh shopping uh and trying to fuck uh, my employees at the christmas party um you well I, I i i don't know where the last part came from scott but um i i do think He's working that, through some stuff dan just let him, I, I let him think, get it out. I, I do think this is a good timing for it because you know december like this time survivor series to royal rumble is historically maybe besides like september and october that but probably the deadest time in wrestling is this month and a half spam it, it's just it, it's just not in the forefront of everybody's mind so this is a good place to do a best of seven a hundred percent and i do think that this december is going to get rocked even harder because not only do we have the end of the nfl season but we have the world cup so literally nobody's going to be watching wrestling the next month month and a half it's just until the rumble i just don't see anybody watching wrestling facts um, all right. Well, that was Dynamite or Dud, folks. We uh, for premium current events. I guess. Well, I guess we, we're going to go to the uh, political side of the alley. There was maybe is this the funniest scandal that a wrestler has had so far? I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. Um, I'll, I'll cut to Robert for this, but Kane Glenn Jacobs is under fire uh, because he had asked an employee to essentially steal a golf cart and the employee refused and uh, Kane called him a pussy. <laughs> and then the employee came out. I mean, it is just fucking hilarious, man. I mean, 
it is just right at her uh, right out of like a Carl Hyacin novel as far as like you know I, I mean it's so funny that like th- this is the guy who will always be known for Katie Vick and it's not going to be the most embarrassing thing that he's done by far <laughs> um you know I just think it's hilarious of like somebody trying to like I mean it's also hilarious to go to the press with this like I, I also think the guy who told the story is like kind of like I'm like why would you tell the story to like somebody told me to steal a golf cart I wouldn't like narc on him I'd just be like you're being a fucking idiot um but th- this is just buffoonery at its finest this is like it, it almost makes you think like Tennessee should not have elected representatives um what's your takeaway from this story Robert so it's embarrassing because anytime a wrestler does anything outside of the the realm of wrestling, it's like he's representing all of pro wrestling. And while Glenn Jacobs as an elected official has come out with some really awful, awful stances, uh, the people of Knox County seem to have liked what he was doing, at least in terms of his day-to-day job. This is the kind of -of run-of-the-mill political corruption nonsense that's a special degree of stupid. It was he, he apparently were making people do work on his home that were county employees while they were on the clock and then stole the, the, the golf cart. But there was also bribery that occurred during this. Like this is every sort of ugly and stupid politician nonsense thing that you would assume someone who spent a life in pro wrestling politics would know how to get around. And it just it it sucks more than anything else because I wanted Kane to be a decent mayor. Um, I didn't need to know that he is a political extremist and and all that nonsense. He never Um, was until Trump. He was not until Trump. Whenever I had conversation, super, you know, well-read, very intelligent, very articulate guy. People I know who were who were friends with him are just like, I don't know what the fuck happened to this dude. And I can partition the, all right, you're trying to throw red meat to the base by by saying all the stuff you're saying. But to engage in the kind of petty corruption that you're doing is is embarrassing. And it uh, it sucks. And I, I, I hate that it may potentially, uh, you know, defer, uh, stop The Rock from running for president. The Rock is not an idiot, man. The Rock's not running for president. The Rock is too smart to run for president. <laughs> Scott, um, would you vote for Mayor Glenn Jacobs? Oh hell no! It, this is the problem with like uh, like hustle mentality. Is it works if you live in a bubble and a world all to yourself, but once you start being like, all right, let's build this team, now you're like uh, you, you you do child labor, you know? Like it's like you can't be like you can't be passionate about like let's win this. Uh, without going crazy you know and i think he's a guy who went crazy he wanted to win uh he believes in politics more than wrestling which i think he needs to realize they're both uh just silly businesses but since he does believe in it he's working really hard to win the title and and by doing that he's uh he he, he he's overworking people yeah, it's, it's it's weird. He's like politicking more as a politician than a wrestler. That's what I'm saying. Like Kane as the wrestler, it's like he's the easiest to work with. He ne- like I would never see this coming from Kane the wrestler because you think of how he was booked and how fucking um how generous he was 
And then you see this guy and you're like, oh, he's learned from Vince. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you literally would see him in like Saudi Arabia hanging out with The Undertaker and he's like, uh, you know, he's wearing like fucking, you know, new balances. Do you know? Yeah, he's probably farting in the room and stuff. You know, he's like doing Vince gags. He's pushing people in his pool. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just this this is very it's just very bizarre and sad. It's just very bizarre and sad. That's really all you could say about it. Um, Corporate Kane was uh, better than Mayor Kane. I actually didn't <laughs> mind Corporate Kane as a gimmick. You oh, uh, you it. have forgotten. Yeah, it was bad, brother. I didn't mind it, but I understood it. Outstate its welcome. I mean, I thought that him, his feud with Brian after Manny was terrible. But let's uh, get to high spot, low spot. I'll start off. Uh, low spot, you know, I, again, this regal thing, like what, what was the point of investing in this regal turn, you know, and, and I, I find myself having to say that a lot about AEW angles lately of like, well, what's the point if this doesn't matter in two weeks, you know, uh, but my, my high spot was Ricky Steamboat's return, um, which has gotten all the fanfare that Flair's last match did not, um, he was, I don't know if you've seen clips, I mean, he has really basic stuff, but it all looks great. He looks in shape. He does not look like he's close to 70. He looks like he is way closer to 50 than 70. Um, and from all intents and purposes, like, you know, from all the stories I've heard, he's one of the nicer guys in professional wrestling. And uh, I love the fact that he didn't, he didn't do Flair's last match. He did like a tertiary event that was going to pay less money. Um, and he clearly just could have done the Flair match and he didn't. So. Like, you know, Ricky Steamboat's A-OK in my book, Robert. I love Ricky Steamboat. He's the best. Uh, just a really nice dude. Uh, big fan of him. Uh, my uh, my my low spot of the week. So I had two. Cause one of them was the, the fire Ronda Rousey thing we should talk about. The other is on Raw, the way that they're using Riddle in this whole storyline with Elias uh, as like a tag team. Bro, he really a... lost out on this Triple H transition, huh? I yeah, mean... he's he's spinning his wheels. He what had... do you think that is? You think it's like he th- he thinks that trip that he he looks like triple a young Triple H and he's afraid Stephanie wants to have sex with him. I think that that would make him like Riddle right. more. Right. Ah. <laughs> yes. I just don't think I I don't know. I just don't you know, there's just going to be certain guys that do you get excited about that management's not going to get know, it? Triple H is one of those right... guys. Triple H is one of those guys who's like super cool, but then he's like, man, you can't smoke weed. It's bad. You know, he's like, you got to get your head right, man. I can't trust you with the company. I usually, I, Scott, I will say this is like, I usually agree with you on that as far as like, hey, I hate it when anybody narks on anything, especially with my fucking history of substance abuse problems. But we forget that this guy for about three years, his job was pulling Shawn Michaels and Shawn Waltman out of Waffle Houses on Somas. Like, if there's anyone who has a reason to be anti-drug, it is Hunter Hearst Helmsley. The shit that that guy has had to... I mean, like, there is no one... There has never been a bigger babysitter in the history of wrestling. So I imagine it does rub him the wrong way because like we forget, like, two years, dude. He was fucking the sober driver for Scott Hall. For two dude, I just years, dude. Like that must get to you after a while, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. My my brain just did this, and so I have to say it out loud. But uh, like a scenario 
where Triple H drives these guys around sober because he knows they're going to black out. And he has this idea in his head that to be the greatest wrestler, he has to like, um, to like drink their cum. <laughs> so... <laughs> Wait, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> it was in my head and now everybody has to hear it. You can't what if he re- What if he reenacted the Stephanie wedding? <laughs> yeah thing but with all the wrestlers he like yeah, married and Scott, so, he married kevin yeah like all of this him become like in his like we go like oh triple h he worked hard all this stuff you know and this is how he's in the positions he's in but in his head he's like i have sucked the powers of Shawn michaels scott <laughs> hall kevin nash and the one two three kid okay <laughs> i so am the greatest wrestling mind ever <laughs> to, to to compound this because now you put this fucking thing in my brain now all i'm picturing him is him and blade trinity with the fangs saying <laughs> i want to suck your cum and yeah. I can't, I can't get it out of my head, and I fucking hate you. That should be my new low spot. Yeah. Uh, my high spot, obviously. Wait, wait, wait. Triple H hired the oh. Marines to jump Shawn Michaels so he could suck him off at the end of the night. You didn't All have right, to hire Marines. You. It could have just been like guys <laughs> who said they were Marines. Uh, and I have my high spot to follow that fucking moment. Uh, Sami Zayn hugging Jey Uso was. The greatest thing, uh, of yeah, the high week. spot was definitely that finish was unbelievable. The best, uh, it was, it was fantastic. Uh, it was great when wrestling is good, it's the fucking best, and when it's not, it's Triple H sucking off the click. <laughs> Amen. Something clicked when he sucked off the click. Um, the fact that you didn't part, you know, push that to uh, sucking China's clit means you're really losing a step, Dan. You're getting a little family friendly, and I don't like it. Uh, he also sucked China's dick. <laughs> there we go. Boom! There we go. All right. Anyway, my uh, my low spot is. Hey, the if we ever had Wrestle Rose Golden statues like they do in WWE headquarters, the first one should be China's clip. We, there's not enough gold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a China fan. I'm a China fan. I am too. I am too. But both know. both careers legit. Anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm not no, whatever. And when uh, she was in Japan teaching Scott's, children how to speak Scott's, English, Scott's very favorite sex position is is punching a clit like it's a hef, like it's a, a hefty bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Thank my you. low spot is the regal thing. Um, to to jump on what Dan said because earlier in the show, I was like, you know. Oh, maybe they made a deal. Maybe this we don't know. But now Sean Ross Sapp, who has been like a, a, a he's been pretty good on this stuff. He's right? a, yeah, he's a reliable like wrestling journalist. He's right? no um, Nick Hausman. Sorry, yeah, no, <laughs> no way. That's a fact. But um, but he said that what he's heard is that Regal's contract is up in December. So yeah. What the fuck, dude? Why would you have him do anything if his contract is up in December? Like, is Tony like doing New Japan contract at this point? You fucking just... maniac. It's like crazy. It's like, well, once Triple H comes into power, which was what, like August or or, or, or end of July, it's like you you find a way to slowly write Regal. You do a Vince McMahon's kiss my ass club. You you make Regal a buffoon. You dye his hair orange and spank him on television every that's week. The thing, and and if they don't want to do that, you don't put him on TV. I mean, that's the one thing about the Miro thing is maybe Miro is leaving, and then Tony's like, "All right, well, you're going to lose to everybody." It, look, you know what it does do? It does show it does show good faith in that it it allows other guys, you know, th- this idea of like you can come here, there will there will not be fuckery, you can still leave, you know, um, in popular. I don't know what it is, but woof, that is really unfortunate. Um. I wonder if this really this has had to have just 
hit Tony uh, right in the side of the face, right? There's no way he knew this was happening. God damn. No, but what's interesting about the, the timing of all this, and I would encourage uh, those of you listening, if you didn't read it, Justin Barrasso this week in Sports Illustrated has a whole story about uh, the WWE's next in line program and how they're doing a, an open tryout thing at the, at the IMG facility in, in Tampa, they are really doubling down on building a proper developmental system and bringing in collegiate athletes and, and teaching them how to be the pro wrestlers of the future. Like turning someone into the next Bianca Belair or Montez Ford or big E who have like collegiate skills and, this is the perfect I think, I think time. Julius Creed, maybe the guy, maybe one of the guys coming. Well, it's up. Julius Creed, but they're they're getting. You know, there's a lot of people there that you know, uh, women that were athletes in college that there was no pro level for them to go to, and now they have a chance to make real money and and parlay it into wrestling. This is the time if you bring Regal in. Regal is not just an on-screen character in the WWE. He is a guy at the Performance Center who's helping to build that next generation of talent in a way where Tony Khan was not using him in that capacity. He likes watching if, wrestling, you know, too. He likes he likes the process. I think he likes that more than he likes being on TV, honestly. You know? Yeah, but if you, if you have him there as they're ramping up this Next in Line program and bringing in a fresh crop of, of the top-notch collegiate athletes and teaching them how to wrestle, and you have Shawn Michaels and regal as your trainers like holy shit is this a great opportunity for hunter to build the future and like tony to do everything he can to not lose regal uh but i i don't see it happening but on the plus side you know qt marshall and orange cassidy give me a hell of a match i think you're being facetious robert no i'm I, it's it's the it's the only it's reason a, that i will probably watch rampage on my dvr it's a lumberjack match right Sure. Yeah. All right. So this is probably when uh, House of Black will beat up everybody. I don't know. Let us pray. I guess. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But I mean, the thing is, we've never really seen. There should have been a whole like series. You know how they did the Lashley packages when he went babyface, where they like highlighted his like athletic and military background. They should have done that for QT's hair plugs. There should have been a huge package of like the doctor, like you know when like. Triple H re- repaired his quad and they had all the doctors. They should have done that with QT's hair. Just had like <laughs> thigh spurling and like all these different, like, you know, like the same guys that worked on LeBron's head, you know, are, are the ones who worked on QT's. Be lowering onto him like Darth Vader's helmet and Empire. Yeah. And they're playing Beautiful yeah. Day by U2. It's perfect. Well, we always, because we, one of the things we talk, we haven't talked about this on the podcast, but we talked about this on the thread a lot is are we were we wrong about Cody in the sense that like when when Cody left AEW that's when the company kind of started going to shit a little bit um but was it more that we were wrong about QT like he hasn't been used and that's the reason that like yeah QT's uh uh hairline was the pillar <laughs> the company was built on his hairline and ever since he got a new one the foundation has crumbled. It's uh, it's pretty nuts, man. But that's our show. Uh, next week we're gonna be rev- we're gonna be roasting Jeff Jarrett. So it's gonna be a blast on Patreon. We are going to be covering the uh, Teddy Hart. Talk- oh, ad free. Oh, ad free shows. Maybe they won't promote that one. <laughs> they didn't put up our roast to Tony Khan, by the way. 
Well, yeah, he's not seeing any more money from Tony. That's why. <laughs> but uh, somehow that that didn't. Oh, line dude, up that's on my heart. That's my high spot. Uh, Starcast England is that what it is? Starcast. Yeah. Yes. Are they going to be? Yeah, I thought that Starcast was over after the Flair one, but that is not true. Apparently. Well, I hope they do a. Hardy still want to make money. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Who? What? What English wrestler are they going to roast over there? All I all I say, and I said this in the in our group. All I want is there to be for all their different Starcast shows a live feed of Conrad stuck on a plane flying to the UK, wedged into one of those seats. <laughs> Just that's that's really the only thing I, I want to see. And I love the fact that Dan bombed so hard at that roast they had to leave the country for the next Starcast. <laughs> yeah, I was over on Reddit. Damn it. Um, Dan's not allowed yeah. to leave the country, so they're like, we have an excuse to not book him. <laughs> look, folks, I did not bomb. They bombed me. No, you were you were fucking. I mean, look, you're no Casio kid. That that guy is just a once in a generation <laughs> talent. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be uh, maybe Marty Skrull will be available. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Maybe like Paige's whole family. They'll just do Paige's family. Oh my god, it's just Paige's whole family, and the yeah. Every time they go up to, you just don't understand what they're saying. Look at that fat wanker! Yeah, yes. This lady can't big, quite big. You're like, oh no, what's well, happening? I mean, really, if we want to go through like, like, just like you know, to make like you know, to to do what they did in the last roast, but but build upon it, I think the only the only choice is Prince Andrew. <laughs> It's got to be the, Conrad, <laughs> the Conrad Thompson roast of Prince Andrew. I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah, so, there's some Prince Albert jokes in there. Yeah, then have Bubba Ray be like, you know what? I'm not going to shit on you, Prince Andrew. <laughs> I appreciate what you did for the royal family. <laughs> Why? Where do they? What event are they piggybacking on when they go to the UK? Like, is there a pay per view going no, on it's there? Got, it's got to be AEW's first time. Is in it the, the AEW first time? Got to be. Got to be. So maybe they thought they were going to do the roast of Regal, and now he's fucked. <laughs> wait wait unless they are planning uh someone's final match in uh, you know overseas because you know conrad wants to do those um those final matches every once in a while like flair well who's not allowed in the u.s that's dynamite kids yes. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a better match than the flair one <laughs> of dynamite kid <laughs> the roast of the ghost of dynamite kid i'd download fight t- uh, tv for that i would uh <laughs> uh but anyway you know all love for starcast we hope you guys do great <laughs> we hope we're all invited uh i'm sure we will be they're gonna pay the money to fly the four of us over there i i mean if that <laughs> me i mean me me being asked back at starcast is is more surprising than CM Punk being asked back to WWE. I mean, <laughs> WWE brought back Pritchard, so anything's possible. That's true. I just got to bring a gun on the plane over. Well, there you go. Now you're on a watch list. So thanks, Dan. Uh, no, we should all start tweeting uh, at at Conrad at Hey Hey It's Conrad. Uh, SaveWithConrad.com. Great way to save money in your in your insurance. But uh, not to be mortgage. confused with Hey 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 It's Fat Albert. <laughs> i think y'all need to start tweeting with the hashtag you know dan for starcast and let's see uh no, let's see what happens i'm actually uh, no i'm okay <laughs> dan for starcast is is worse uh than than kane for mayor <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe they'll do the uh, roast of uh, Kane's golf cart or something. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Where's just Conrad White? with wheels on him? <laughs> <laughs> just, I doubt Russell Russ will have a big presence on that starcast. Beep, beep, yeah. beep, y'all. No. Uh, oh, you never know. They uh, they might get desperate. No, not a lot of people are that, that were at that last weren't allowed to leave the country, so we're, we're good. Uh, <laughs> by the way, in terms of, of promotions, uh, if you are not a member of our Patreon and you've been considering it, it is the best value in wrestling Patreon history, on top of which... This month, we haven't announced the exact date yet, but we will. We are doing the first ever live Wrestle Roast Christmas or holiday Zoom party. The Jew said Christmas, so go figure. Uh, we are going to be doing our end of the year awards. We are going to be doing a surprise roast, and we are going to be doing our, our cameo Secret Santa. If you are a Patreon member, you come to this event for free. We have two tiers. There's the $5 tier. We're getting three extra shows a month. There's the $10 tier. There's something to sports entertainment with tier. You're getting my reviews of Raw. You're getting Dan's reviews of In Your House or a variety of different other things that he's watching. Best value in wrestling Patreon. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's the holiday season. Treat yourself to a little bit more audio with your favorite uh, Forbidden Dorks. Yeah, yeah, you got a friend that you want to listen to the Patreon as a gift. Buy them a year, a year of us. On Patreon, that's that's a that's a pretty good deal. If ever I did Hanukkah, buy that a live show. That live show is going to be Hanukkah. Like, the live show we worth. did for uh, for Mania Time was a fucking blast. Oh, so I'm looking so forward. Fun. to This so is going to be roasting great. someone on this, or are we? We just... are. There's going to be. It's going to be a surprise. Last time we did a surprise roast, and it was the roast of Linda McMahon. We're going to do a surprise roast. I think I know who it's going to be. We'll see if we want up going down that path. But trust me. It'll be worth it, uh, and it'll just it'll be fun just to kind of hang out with all the Patreon members, like our our folks that are on the the Facebook page or are interacting with us, or are really smart, intelligent wrestling fans, really good people, and uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good time. And I can't wait to watch Zach try to figure out how to make this all work. Yeah, and Dan will show you his dogs. Yes, did I do it the last? I did it the last time, right? You did, but some people missed it. That's a nuts. You're trying to hook them, Dan. Well, the folks that didn't do it last time, because remember, we we've got several hundred Patreon members as opposed to the last roast, the last live show, where it was only about 50, 60 people. This could be several hundred people being introduced to uh, to your dogs. Yeah, exactly, folks. Um, all right, well, that's our show. Uh, yeah, subscribe to uh, the podcast. Leave a review on iTunes. I'm uh, doing stand-up in New York. This weekend, I will be at Brooklyn Comedy Club. I will also be at The Stand and uh, Good For You, which is a really fun show at the Cobra Club in, in Brooklyn. I will also be at the comic strip. So bouncing around a lot this weekend. Uh, a couple one-nighters this month. Um, I'm going to be in uh, Middleton, Rhode Island, doing a gig. I'm also, for New Year's, if you're in Frederick, Maryland, uh I'm going to be Leave. doing the, I'm doing the cellar door. I'm doing two shows New Year's night. And, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite rooms in the world. So check us out there. Uh, Scott, what do you got? Um, Dan only performs in towns that have like pilgrim ghosts in them. <laughs> He's working the Plymouth circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, you can listen to my other podcast, Out for Smokes, with Mike Racine and Sean McCarthy. And that's it. I think December 12th, if you live in Jersey, uh, I'm doing a, a show at White Eagle Hall. 
it's uh it's like a gift a christmas gift to jersey city where a bunch of comics are putting on a show and a in a pretty big and cool space so come out to that too yeah it's, it's a great December space 12th. i, I yeah. opened for alana glazer there like a month or so ago it's an awesome venue so yeah yeah so check I'm it out. on that check it out guys well that's it for us robert uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. And since Zach is not here, wash your hands. Wash your hands. All right, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>